Hey, this is Spanner for the Spanner Rig Show. I'm here with Riggs, and uh, this is episode seven. We had three amazing interviews. We had Congressman Kelly Armstrong, and we had two amazing student athletes. And then we're going to talk some Class B basketball. Here we go. Hey, this is Spanner from the Spanner and Rig Show, and we are here with the Congressman Kelly Armstrong. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Get to talk about sports, so I'm happy. Yeah, you know, uh, I saw some videos of you, uh, you know, uh, in Congress there uh, fighting for North Dakota rights, and I thought, man, this guy would be awesome to have on the show to talk about sports. So, uh, first off... Uh, Tell me, uh, what's your favorite football team? My favorite football team is the Miami Dolphins, so uh, I'm, I'm used to losing. <laughs> well, you know, one thing is, is uh, it tells me that you're loyal. <laughs> so that, that, that's so important. Is, <laughs> so the first football game I ever remember watching is when Dan Marino beat the Bears in 85. Uh, Monday Night Football uh, kept them from an uh, uh, undefeated season, and I was just – you know, you grew up to in Dakota, so I've been with them ever since. 38 to 16. I remember that game like it was yesterday. I was at my grandma's house, and I'm so pissed still that Steve Grogan and Tony Eason combo quarterback thing of the Patriots uh, upset the Dolphins in the championship game, ruining that Super yeah. Bowl, which would have been like the a The only plus side of that is the linebacker. Yeah, the only plus side to that is the linebacker for the Patriots at the time was a guy named, his last name was Nelson, and he played with my uncle at NDSU. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, tell me some other sports. Baseball, what else you got? Yeah, so I, you were talking about seeing me on the floor of uh, Congress. Uh, you know, we talk about everything going on right now, and everything's partisan and everybody's fighting all the time the most traffic i've ever got as a member of congress is when i congratulated the dickinson girls softball team for their state championship uh wore their hat on the floor which is a break of decorum but uh it was worth it i helped start that program in dickinson um i was the i was the american legion baseball coach out there for five years in college and law school and then also was the head of the uh north dickinson baseball club for about a decade so I spent a lot of time in Legion baseball parks across the state, and it really, truly is my favorite sport in the whole world. That's pretty cool because uh, we're having uh, Amy Friedley on the show uh, tonight, uh, and she's a member of that Dickinson team that beat uh, Bismarck. Was it 10-0 in the uh, state championship game last year? They uh, Yeah, they really lost. true. It, it, I was there, and, you know, usually when you win a 10-0 game, it's, you know, airs and all the other stuff. And I was a part of a lot of 10-run games. Uh, when we coached baseball, we used to play, like, Rapid City and Billings, and you're usually just completely outclassed. That wasn't so much as they were outclassed. Bismarck had beat them earlier in the year. They just came out, and, I mean, I lack of a better word, they just dominated them in just absolutely every aspect of the game. Like, even when they got thrown out at home, it was the right play. And I actually texted the coach yesterday. She was getting ready for the spring season, put a picture of the pileup on the, on the, when they, after they won on the, well, it's not a pitcher's mound, but on the bump. And I said, I still want that picture framed in my office. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that, uh, Bismarck beat him in the WDA title game, 5 0, uh, um, like what, a week earlier or a week and a half earlier. And Dickinson came back and, uh, and won that. I was just on TikTok Live, uh, and I posed a question to the all the kids 
that you know the follow spinner rigs can anyone beat dickinson this year in softball so and there's a bunch of teams teams throwing yeah, out their cent always, central cast as they can beat them <laughs> It comes down to the same thing. No matter what level, when you have a ball and bat sport, it's all going to depend on pitching. Always does. Yep, yep. I'm a huge Dodger fan, so uh, I love baseball. A uh, couple of reasons. One, I, uh, I have a ritual of I get on my elliptical during every Dodger game throughout the <laughs> summer and fall, spring, summer, fall. So every October, I'm like super, super fit, and then, you know, I start to <laughs> lose shape as the winter goes through uh, the holidays. But um, I love the Dodgers uh, World Series run. It'll be one of my favorite moments uh, next to the 88 World Series run. So let me ask you something. And I think it's, a, it's important, you know, maybe for, you know, uh, well, let me retract. Just to let you know, my sports show is specifically about North Dakotans perspective, you know, uh, and I'm going to talk North Dakotans perspective. So as example, we had, uh, the goat talk and, you know, who's the greatest basketball player of all time. And we let the kids vote or, you know, the North Dakotans vote for, you know, and it was like 33, 31, Michael Jordan over Larry Bird. LeBron got one vote. So, you know, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I, you know, and, you know, if you ask anyone else in the country, it's probably a LeBron, Michael, or, Le, you know, Kobe, but, in North Dakota, they love Larry Bird, so uh, we talk about Larry Bird because of that. But uh, North Dakota's perspective, and I was a youth coach for many years. You coached youth sports as well. You know, uh, talk about balancing, you know, development versus winning when you're coaching youth sports. So when I moved back to Dickinson after I uh, had started practicing law school in Grand Forks, I coached a 12-year-old uh, travel team for a couple years, and uh, it was really interesting. They asked me to coach because they had a good group of kids, but I was the first coach that had ever coached them that wasn't their parent. And I always use this as an example. I tell people this all the time. If I ever write a book, it's not going to be on politics. It's going to be on what I call the youth sports industrial complex. Uh Every year when you coach baseball, you pencil in a team, right? You know who graduated from your team. You know who didn't, all of that. And every year, so when you do this, there's a surprise. Like three weeks into the season, your left fielder, who you thought was going to be your nine hitter, is now all of a sudden your center fielder and your three hitter. The guy you had penciled in at shortstop didn't, get, didn't develop at all in the offseason, and so now he's your fourth infielder, and all of that happens. Except what I've noticed is, and listen, I get it, but what I've noticed, particularly with youth sports, that never happens. The starting lineup when you're nine is the same as the starting lineup when you're 10, is the same as the starting lineup when you're 11, is the same as the starting lineup when you're 12. And uh, as somebody who uh, – my kids are just coming into that age. I just look around and I'm like, there, there's something wrong here because there's no way that happens all the time. And we got teams traveling 600 miles to go to play in different tournaments all the time. And one thing I've always – which is really kind of sad, when we were kids, I'd get on my bike and we'd go play pickup sports, right? You, you get done with stuff, and now it's just like the seasons are so long and so intense at such a young age. And I think sometimes we forget, forget the de developmental part. And I got one really quick story about this. I was coaching this team, and I came out, and it was, a, a, it was during a doubleheader, and I actually had to run to the restroom. And on the way back, the parent of the kid coaching, who's actually been a friend of mine, a supporter of mine forever, comes up to me, and he's like, hey, you changed Luke's arm slot. And I'm like, yep. He goes, well, he's not throwing as hard. I go, nope. 
I go, but he's throwing strikes. <laughs> and so you develop these things and you try and get these kids to get rid of hitches in their swing because once they start seeing off-speed pitches, if they have a say, hitch in their swing, they're not going to hit it. But in order to do that, they might That's lose nice. 40 points on their batting average for a while. And I just like, you want these kids to win. Nobody remembers what their 10-year-old travel record is, but you remember if you win a state championship. And I think that's what you're always kind of driving towards, which is why I always like Legion ball. Cause you get to go play in rapid. You get to play and uh, go to Wyoming. You get to do all that stuff, but it was also Dickinson against Bismarck, right? Not Dickinson high versus century. And from a town like Dickinson, where I grew up, when you could go win a game against the entire town of Bismarck, that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you know, I coach, uh, you know, little kids soccer for, you know, for, for years and, all those juniors and seniors that might not high right now, I coached them when they were 10, 11, 12, 13. You know, uh, and in soccer, you could just get the goalie to punt the ball over one of your best players and, and win little kids' games very easily, especially when the fields are smaller, you know. Um, but I always forced the girls to, to bowl it out so everyone had to touch it going up the field, you know, uh, you know, develop all the players and not just one. It's interesting, and I, you know, and I bring it up because I always feel like coaches are either all the way development or all the way winning, and no one's ever like in the middle anymore. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost like American politics. You're either blue or red, and no one's in the middle. And I always felt like a coach should have parameters on how they're going to sub so that the subs are done. Everyone's going to play. You know, blah 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 blah. You know, what are you going to rotate positions? And that's all up to you. But but once you set your parameters, you got to try to win. I feel like the, well, we're losing competitiveness in the United States. Well, that's what I always used to say. Like when I was coaching 12-year-olds, they'd only dress like 11 or 12 kids a lot of times. And I'm like, I want all 15 on the roster. And like, how are we going to get them all playing time? I'm like, I'll get them all playing time. Well, how are we going to win? I go, because I got to win with the 14th kid on my roster as well as the second kid on my roster. I, I, like just because you're subbing somebody in doesn't mean you're not trying to win. But the flip side to that, right, is the participation side. You're in a state championship game. I mean, 12-year-olds are 12. They're not stupid. <laughs> like, you play your best kids to win a championship game. What you do is you give everybody a chance to compete through that whole season and give them fair opportunities to compete, and they'll get it. They know what's going on. But, I, I mean, I think there's just a change, right? We used to, like, all when I ran a baseball program, you know what I wanted out of 13-year-olds? Lots of them. <laughs> That's what I wanted because it's a summer program. Kids are going to the lake. Kids are into football. Kids are into hockey. Kids are going to lose. So by the time they're 17 or 18, I'm going to lose two-thirds of them. I don't care what their nine-year-old travel record was. I just want lots of 13-year-olds who want to play baseball. I 100% agree. That's how we ran the Minot Soccer Club. Get We had pools, not teams. We had pools. And so we'd go to events all the time and just let the kids sign up for whatever event they wanted to go to. If they wanted to go to the lake one weekend, didn't bother us. But uh, so UND Law School, uh, UND yeah. grad, pretty cool. So I won't, I won't put you in the corner of asking you what's North Dakota's uh, you know, uh, favorite team. Is it the Bison or the Sioux, I'm sure, uh, or Fighting Hawks, sorry. So that's <laughs> so interesting. So my high school... <laughs> My best friend in high school and my college roommate was a guy named Devin Carlson. And at the time, Chris and Kyle Carlson were both playing football for NDSU while we were rooming together at UND. My dad wrestled at NDSU. My uncle played both. Two of my uncles played football at NDSU. And the answer is UND hockey is the best sport in North Dakota. 
So uh, Spainer, I'm a, a, a bison guy. Uh, Riggs, he's not here. He, you know, he's obviously a, a Sioux hockey guy or fighting hawks guy. Uh, um, but well, I, you I can actually, be a Sioux hockey guy and not a fighting hawks guy. <laughs> can you be? You said you could be a, a Sioux hockey guy and not a fighting hawks guy. Or are they the same thing? <laughs> so the other day we we had a deal and I got to do the after the first puck drop they have you a, they I would because I was there so Senator Hoven and I got to do the 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 commercial break like on the ice and Senator Hoven does all this like well welcome to the Ralph all of that stuff and then I'm like well what should I say and uh, the lady says well say let's go you should say let's go Hawks I looked at her I'm like yeah I'm not gonna say that <laughs> I'm not I'm not there yet I'm not ready so I just said it's a bad day to be a Bronco because <laughs> we were playing uh Western Michigan it's interesting about that whole you know the name change thing and uh you know I I went to the University of Utah so I'm you know I'm a Ute and you know uh and the, the you know the Utes like they you know they relish that they love it so it's a sad, it was sad, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, you got to respect uh, others' wishes. So um, this last couple weekends, I got the opportunity to cover the State B boys basketball, State A uh, basketball, and State B girls at the Betty. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you followed all those uh, those games, but four wins was almost unbeatable last uh on saturday night against kindred uh you know what are your thoughts on uh the state b some say that's the super bowl of north dakota you know uh the state a obviously is super fast pace what's your thoughts so i uh i know four wins went undefeated on the year and they won their uh, won their championship i shared it on facebook and you've kind of now exhausted my knowledge of high school basketball in north dakota I'm five foot eight and really, really <laughs> slow and was a wrestler in high school. So uh, we, 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 and my parents wouldn't let me go to WDA because back in the nineties, the reason you go down there wasn't to watch basketball. So my parents <laughs> were born at night, but not last night. So I, I, basketball is the one sport I really, I'm object. My son loves it. He plays in it. Uh, I actually got to do a thing. I'm doing a thing in Congress with the NBA about, uh, you know, some criminal justice reform. And I got to interview Eris and his canter for something. And I think those are the two coolest things my uh, uh, son has ever thinks I've ever done in politics. But if you wanted to do a basketball pod, you'd probably have to do it with him, not me. <laughs> no, just asking you about four wins there. I, uh, uh, you know, they're always, uh, always arguing who would win those uh, state A, state B championship matches, you know, uh, Four wins was really, really good. I do think Derek Desette would probably be a little too much for him. Um, I was at state wrestling, though, and I was at state gymnastics, and that's what I was going to ask you about. Dickinson is an absolute powerhouse with seven consecutive state championships in gymnastics. Uh, tell me, is it like in the DNA in, in Dickinson? Do they yeah, have the I, best well, youth club? You know, you know, I think one of the things is, right, I would say objectively, Dickinson's always competed in wrestling. You know, three years ago, they won the dual tournament. That was really cool. Um, but I, I just think when you have a town the size of Dickinson, there's these certain things that end up happening. But I can just tell you why. And it's the same for softball in Dickinson, and it's the same for baseball in Dickinson, and it's the same for gymnastics, because we have three great coaches in those three sports. 
you know, I, I mean, they just, it, it, um, Van, oh, I'm going to forget his name. And my daughter was in it when she was young. But I mean, they've just taken that program and they've worked really hard um, to develop kids, but they also make it fun. Uh, I mean, there's no secret why Dickinson baseball is as good as it is. It's Pete Dobitz. There's no secret why Dickinson softball is as good as it is year in and year out. It's because of Amanda Mickey. And the reality of that is, is when you have a town significantly smaller than Minot, Fargo, Bismarck, if you don't have a coach that's really working with kids and kids want to play for, they'll go find another sport to play. And we just don't have the depth like we do in other communities. So uh, they've just been a powerhouse in gymnastics forever. And I think it's just because they've built one hell of a program and they make it fun for kids. But they also, this is what you were talking about, right? Competitive developmental. And they do a really good job of keeping kids out, keeping kids interested, caring about the kids as they develop through the program instead of just trying to win all the time. One thing I noticed when I was talking to some Dickinson kids and, uh, and I was talking to Charlie Bowman from uh, Lemoore on Saturday night. You know, he's a state football champion. They took third in uh, state B boys basketball and talking to some rugby kids, Anna Johnson, you know, from rugby but I, I notice a lot of it in Dickinson is they really love playing for their community. I think that's, uh, I find that super interesting. I, I love that about Dickinson, that those kids, they really are proud of playing for Dickinson. That's, a, that's kind of a cool, kind of unique thing. That's a, I mean, even if you're at the side, I mean, Dickinson, tra- North Dakota in general travels well, right? <laughs> Frisco, Texas, favorite football team in the world is the NDSU Bison. We go, we, sure. UND goes and plays, goes and plays Boston College at Madison Square Garden. There's about 98% of it is green. 2% of it is Boston College, whatever gold i think they were or maroon you know and but i one of my favorite parts about coaching was one i can tell you where all my kids are now like dentists chiropractors all of those things uh i care more about what they've done with their life and hopefully teach them that but dickinson travels really well and we are really proud of the we're really proud of the teams and it's always been fun to do that it was fun to coach in that atmosphere as well so uh got to give you one tough question and this is uh North Dakota's perspective, so I'm, I'm going to speak from their perspective, but, you know, uh, you, you, we're talking about Leah Thomas winning the NCAA championships for, for swimming, you know, uh, and, you know and, and Biden has signed an executive order. You know, what, what's your stance on, you know, protecting maybe a women's right to compete against, you know, against women and, you know, or someone's right to to identify who they want to identify with and their right to, you know, compete on how they identify. I mean, where, where do you stand on, uh, on that topic? Well, oh yeah, that's easy for me. I, I listen, I mean, I, I want everybody in the world to be the best person they can be and uh, they should live their best life. I'm cool with that, but you can't have men swimming against women. It's just it's 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 ridiculous on its face. It doesn't make a ton of sense, particularly at the highest level. And I I mean, listen, anybody who looks at that and understands that the lady who took second, it was a bronze medalist in the Olympics, which means she's the third best in the world. (laughs) I mean, on any given day. And it just I it's it's. You can you can accept somebody for who they want to be. You can ensure that they don't they're not accustomed to bullying. They're not, I mean, we want, we don't want any of that. It's a really tough place, 
but also actually understand DNA and biology. And I don't think those things should be mutually, those things can be mutually exclusive. And we conflate these things to the worst possible outcome far too often. So I'll leave you with this, and I know you've got other things to go, but, uh, and I'm going to make a statement, but I'd love for your thoughts on it. Uh, there was a post, and I got tagged on it on TikTok about some other state and their sports being the best and whatever, and it's had some guys slamming down a dunk and whatnot. North Dakota, to me, is the best state for sports, and sports go, uh, to me, a lot deeper than having a six foot nine guy dunking balls or a six foot five Arch Manning throwing touchdown passes. It, it, it goes deeper all the way through every North Dakota sports to me are like family and it's community, it's village, and it takes a village to raise people and everyone goes and travels to the games. I've never seen anything like North Dakota sports, uh, high school sports. I think they're just amazing. You know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think we're the best. Uh, well, I am very biased, but I also 100% agree. You know, when I was a baseball, pro when I ran the baseball program, I hired a guy to coach our Legion team out of Billings. He's now helping run the youth team or the youth program in Dickinson, part of the community. Uh, I, my high school wrestling coach, his son works for me in D.C., uh, Tessa Gold, who used to work for Senator Heidi Heitkamp's brother, was the West Fargo American Legion coach. We were cutting videos to do all of that stuff. I think the best part about North Dakota sports is that. Um, my favorite thing to do when I go to a Dickinson youth field is watch one of the kids I used to coach coaching his kid, uh, other than it made me feel real old. Uh, one of my best, best things I ever got, I was in the middle of a campaign. It was my first campaign. It was Easter. It was just one of those grinds. And I got a picture from a parent I used to coach and they're at a big t table for Easter and everybody's sitting around the table wearing hats. And the kid I used to coach and his lid is sitting under his chair. And so I just got this text from her and she said, don't ever think you didn't teach him anything. Cause the one thing my kids always did, my great grandmother taught me, you don't ever sit down at a, at a kitchen table with a hat on. So we'd walk into a restaurant as a Legion team and they'd all put their hats under the, under their chair. And that's the part of North Dakota sports that I think is so fantastic. Uh, you know, one of my, I mean, I, I didn't have a kid in the program. I moved to Bismarck and I was at that, at that state championship game. Uh, actually, my biggest concern about moving to Bismarck for work is my kids are going to be wearing Bismarck Demon stuff. And I'm not sure I'm OK with that yet. I'll get there. <laughs> but as an ex-wrestler from Dickinson, that's a tough that's a tough that's a tough gig for me. Well, I'll tell you right now, the Bismarck Demons are absolute machine in wrestling and it's not going to stop anytime soon. My son won the state triple crown for uh, the, the, the Minot Rattlers, uh, you know, youth wrestling. And uh, at the duels, like the youth duels or whatever, uh, Matt Pack <laughs> played itself in the, in the duel championship. And uh, in the semifinals, their A-team beat uh, Tech team like 151 to zero. <laughs> so <laughs> That started with Milo Trusty 35, 40 years ago. And then the kids Milo coach developed that Matt Pack program and continued to do it. Now their kids are in the pro program. You've got Schumacher, you've got Scotty Nolan. I mean, I think invariably when you look to whatever sport it is, I mean, you got Schmeeker at NDS or at uh, St. Mary's, you can look into these programs and coaches take a lot of heat, but you look to the programs that have succeeded over time. There's usually one or two people involved in that program. And they're usually the coach that have developed it and made it to what it is. And it's a, it's a, it's, 
it's a mentality. It's a way of life, but they also care about their kids. They don't just care about winning. And I think if that, once that shines through, you have a program and you have the potential to do a lot of really cool things with it. Schumacher is a stud. And it's interesting. My son was wrestling a Matt Pat kid in the state championship and I'm sitting there watching and I heard him. He walked up to the, to the guy coaching and then the kid and said, Hey, uh, he goes, watch out. Spain wrestles left foot front and right foot front. So he can shoot with his left hand or his right hand. And he was explaining this to him. And I'm like, how does he even know that? You know what I mean? Like there's like, you know, 800 kids in Matt pack and they all got their own level and, you know, uh, nemesis or whatnot. <laughs> I mean, he knows a lot about everything, but Hey man, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I went TikTok live before I came on and, uh, you know, uh, I talked to all the kids. I asked any of the kids if they had any questions for you. The, the number one question they wanted from you was, uh, and we won't make you answer it, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what's better, Class A or Class B sports? <laughs> so. Well, so we grew up in a town with Dickinson and Trinity, and that was always an interesting conversation. I, I, they're different, right? You know, they're Trinity different. was really good in football when I was there, and Dickinson wasn't. But the average weight of our offensive linemen was probably 65 pounds heavier than Trinity's. So, you, you, I mean, the skill positions are one thing, but when you start getting – it's just a volume game. The more kids you have for those non-positions, the more depth you have. We noticed yeah. it playing baseball. You get into the loser's bracket in a double elimination tournament when you're from Dickinson, you run out of arms and a, a lot quicker, it seems, than Minot or Bismarck. And, I mean, it's just a depth game. They're both fun. People are competing. Uh, they're having a great time. I, I, the class system works the best because everybody, every program should be able to develop a chance to win. You know, if Hedinger is wrestling against Bismarck High every, I mean, every year, you might, I mean, that's just, it's not going to end up working. I mean, Kyle Berwick would have been fine, but yeah. as a program in general, right, you just get into that space. And wrestling is one of the ones where you can really look at it because you and I both know that every year there's three or four kids that win it in Class B that win it in Class A as well. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. You got those Carrington kids are ballers, but all right, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. It was awesome to get to know you a little bit better. Let everyone else get to know you as well. Anytime, anytime you want to talk about sports, I'm in. This is, it's, I think it's helpful when people know that, you know, they're members of Congress don't talk about politics 24-7, 365. And anybody, any of the kids watching out there, just remember the one thing. The best pitch in baseball is a strike. I don't yeah. care what you're throwing, throw it across the plate, just get it across the plate. Yeah, and for, you know, if anyone takes anything from this, he's a Mets and a Dolphins fan, so that tells you he's going to be loyal to North Dakota. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Um, and a big thank you to Kelly Armstrong. Great interview hanging out with Spainer. Um, great chat. Now we're moving on to the high school segment here, talking high school sports, particularly the granddaddy of them all, the Class B. Uh, and I know that. Oh, now that we're on camera, it's the granddaddy oh, of, of them all. Of course, it is. Absolutely. It's the Class B. It is. That, what, but it is. Maybe Williston should be Class B, yeah. it says you. Uh, maybe. I mean, it should <laughs> up that level and have three tiers like every other sport that's ever there. And what do we have? Five different levels of football or something like that? I mean, it's crazy. But, anyways. The Class B is, without, uh, without a question, uh, a great tradition here in the state of North Dakota. There's just so much camaraderie. There's just so much following. And, and of course, the town's really supportive. But 
you know what? We got to see some great games. You know what? It started with the first round, you know, the quarterfinals, moved to the semifinals. You know, I was pulling hard for, obviously, Bishop Ryan. I know Brody Bosch and his family pretty well, and I was kind of pulling hard for them. But, Brody does a good you job. Know, but we got a, really and then we got a great championship game as well, you know, even though four wins kind of took it over towards the end. But um, start off, first of all, overall, what were your thoughts, overall perception, thoughts on the Class B? First, we'll address the football comment. Yeah. yeah, five levels of football. Yeah, yeah. well, and uh, that's probably because you're a Rough Riders fan. Yeah, and you I guys, uh, you don't know how many guys to put on a field like when there's like a game-winning field goal at the end of a game, right? Oh, <laughs> boy, I can't believe you even remember that. <laughs> you even knew what that was. I know exactly, and you did it again the first week. Oh, you did it again in 2011, 20. the first game of the year. Am I wrong? Oh, Against God. the same team. Oh, oh my lord, that was two, two years, 2009, 2010. <laughs> Just burn in eternity for Riders fans. Oh, my God. But getting back oh. to Class B, the Super Bowl of yeah. uh, North Dakota. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and I know it's below beneath you, Class B, but uh, no, it was cool. It was really cool. And, uh, you know, and I've obviously, you know, you and I coach at Minot State, so we've yep. been to the Class B many times. It was a different experience being down on the floor and seeing kids from every Class B school. There were parents from every Class B school. People I mean, just, just make, everywhere. They just, it just make it a destination to go check it, it out. Is, uh, it's interesting, interesting. Um, you, know, uh, you know, and I had, I had one coach come up to me and goes, I want to do an interview about so-and-so. I won't say the name. I'm like, well, who's that? An official. Oh, <laughs> Oh I said, that won't go well for you, and it won't go well for me. And he's yeah. like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was uh, it was funny. But uh, anyway, uh, man, uh, Class B state tournament was good. You know, uh, you know I got to hand it to Bowman and Stanley. They showed up. They gave it everything they could. Mm-hmm. But they're really similar to, like, when the, the Chargers upset the the Steelers in 94, and then they mm-hmm. went on to play the, the Niners, and yeah. it just they were just outmatched. You know, you get those upsets, you know, sure. uh, it, it hurts a little bit, uh, you know, because then they get up against four wins in Kindred in the first game. Yep. But, uh, you know, they, uh, I mean, they didn't go down, you know, they they, they, they went down swinging, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Bowman had a couple, uh, like, 6 8 runs on Kindred. So, I mean, they were going. Um, you know, uh, uh, the, the Shiloh-Bishop-Ryan matchup, that was uh, you, that was you, the first round, and you predicted that too. You, I mean, you were you're like in terms of how tight that was going to be and where they were going to be seated going into the tournament. Yeah. in terms of that too, as well. So it, it was it was interesting, and I yeah, I didn't think Ryan would get seated just because they you know they, mm-hmm. they, the region's tough and they took some losses. I thought they'd clip Shiloh. England's was playing on you know, on an injury, and I mean he's so phenomenal. I mean he just gives everything he's got. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but it came down to possession. Ryan hit two threes uh, late in that game when they were down. They ended up coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady Feller, man, this guy's phenomenal. Uh, I really like Ian Johnson. I mean, that guy kind of fills in all the gaps, whatever they need. I like that. Uh, you know, uh, and, and and Ryan just going toe-to-toe to Kindred. Oh, do you think if, do you think, honestly, in that game, do you think if, if Ryan would have hit some shots early, it seemed like they got kind of cold in that first quarter, first quarter, first if half. If Olsen doesn't you know, hit the three-quarter court yeah, shot. Oh, I know. I, I know. don't know that, 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 that Ryan loses that game, but, man, that Olsen kid, he's class, dude. I, I, he defends. He's lengthy. He defends the perimeter. He can go down low. He, he gets people off balance, draws fouls, gets shots, hits threes, hits the three-quarter court shot. 
Uh, but in that but, game in particular, I, I honestly thought that Kindred definitely had more skill, more talent, more depth. But I thought that, you know, Brody Bosch did a great job and, and, and kind of tried to do whatever it took to keep these guys in the game. And they made it interesting because, you know, I thought there was a size disadvantage in that game a little bit too as well. You know, Kindred had... And then what was that huge dunk kid came in off the off the right wing to come in. And, I mean, those were some plays that you couldn't match, but they were in the game. I mean, it was interesting down the stretch, but... Man, like you said, missed free, you know, missed that, you know, half court shot or you know, Ryan, three points. You know, and Ryan in a had game a couple, that was just just a uh, yeah. possession out of reach yeah. at the end. You know, uh, yeah. but man, Ryan had some amazing. Uh, Merck had a great game. You know, like it was just a, it was just a lot of it almost to, to try to propel themselves. But oh, considering Mark, where Ryan how, was at the beginning of the year to get awesome, to the final four, like it's unbelievable. They told me at the girls' district. They told me. They were going to be at least final, uh, state final four. Wow! And uh, you know, uh, I, I interviewed them at the, at the Ryan uh, MLS game, and they said, "We are on a mission, word for word, and we're going to go to state. We're going to finish at least in the top four. Well, they caught fire. I mean, geez, that, and they that, throttled oh. everyone in district and regions. But uh, yeah, dude. Okay, so we get to you know, and, and everyone in the in the crowd is just rooting for this Kindred and uh, Four Winds matchup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and Kindred eliminated Four Winds last year. Mm -hmm. Four Winds graduated four seniors, starters. And Kindred didn't lose any starters, just one senior. And, uh, wow, I mean, Four Winds on a mission. Jacoby Pearson, like I said, you know, uh, uh, earlier, he's like Tony Parker. And he shakes and he's got the left hand. People aren't ready for him to come to the left. He just gets to the rim, and it gets to the rim, and it gets to the rim. It's it's amazing. Dang, Dang is just, you know, he's a rim protector. He had seven blocks in the championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, and he was guarding Peraza. Peraza likes to get to the rack, and that, mm-hmm. that was kind of a bad matchup for Kindred. You know, uh, you know they really probably yep. needed Dang. Kindred needed Dang on Olsen, because Olsen can hit the three, draw him out. You know, and Peraza's just amazing in the paint, but, you know, uh, Dang was going to let him shoot outside for as long as, the, you know, they could last. Uh, he hit a shot, started drawing him out, and then all of a sudden you got the back-to-back dunks, and Kindred had pulled back, uh, you know, within one. But uh, I will say this, though. Kindred pulls within one. Jaden Yankton comes back and gets the ball. And he yep. looks over at Jacoby, and Jacoby, they kind of make eye contact, and they he hits the ball to him. And, the, like, the next five possessions, those two just go to work. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to watch those guys go to work because it was like, hey, we're going to lose. It's going to be on our shoulders, and uh, and that's just the way it is. And uh, they weren't going to lose. No. They just weren't going to lose. I mean, it's crazy how their, their run was. I mean, and Four Winds has historically been a powerhouse in the Class B. I mean, and they just go through those cycles where they just get those kids that just continue to be just absolute natural athletes to dominate, and especially when the stage is the biggest, you know, in terms of that. My question was is that, you know, I've been to the B, a couple B games and, Usually I'm up in the stands and I'm, you know, watching. I can see the people. And I've definitely watched a lot, you know, watch the games, um, you know, there or listen to Scotty K on, on the PSP network. But what was it like to be, like, in the trenches, like, in by the student section? It's got to be unlively. Like, because you think about what we've experienced in the state, you know, in terms of, like, crowds. I've been to, coached a few few big games and, you know, been to a few big games. But to be in the Class B, which is probably the most popular 
sporting event in the state of North Dakota, like you call it the Super Bowl for North Dakota sports. But what was it like to be in the trenches? Because when you're watching, like you're doing some of those TikTok stuff, like you can just feel the crowd behind you or you can see part of it. But what was it like in that? It was, it was awesome. I, I will say the, the Class A had a lot of energy. Okay. It, did, it really did. And, oh, so and, now you're a Class A guy fan here. I like Class A. I just don't think that the that they're just going to smash all over uh, Kindred and four wins. Oh, so now and it's I, changed. And, I, and said, Kindred oh, girls, Kindred girls, yeah. they could win class. Well, I, was, I, I don't know. I mean, Nisley at Century is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Century's a runaway machine, you know. And Minot played a, an amazing, perfect game, and Maggie Fricky just kind of took mm-hmm. the team on her back when it comes to the press and just broke the press yep. over and over. But uh, you know, it was a lot of energy. Um, you know, uh, the two teams were so much better this year. Yeah. That, you know, it was like this game was looming and everyone was waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. You know, uh, I don't know. But I really thought with Fargo, and they had all those defensive teams, super defensive teams and long teams, Cheyenne yeah. and West Fargo. Those games, you know, all the Class A games came were down to the butt. I mean, Minot was down seven with just over a minute mm-hmm. to go in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Pushed to the brink. Uh, and they had two threes real quick to get it to one, you know, um, which I thought was good by Kindred at the end of that game. It, it, it got the score, no. it opened the score up further, but they knew they were down by a certain amount, so they ran up and rushed threes. You ever watch a basketball game and they come down and they kind of run a half-court offense and they end up with like a, a layup? Mm-hmm. You're saying you took 14 seconds to get two points. I know. And it just it angers you when you're when you're rooting for the team that's out. losing. I thought that Kindred played that perfect, even though nothing fell and they you know, ended up losing. But they ran up the court and and shot up a three. Ran up the court, shot a three. Which I just you know, 20, 30 years, 40 years yeah. of watching basketball. You know, all the way back to LeBert and Magic. I just it's yeah. annoying when the team doesn't do that. You for know what sure. I mean? But uh, I mean, equate it to like when you compare it to like football, like when your team's up, right? When your team's up, you're going to try to run the ball, right? So in, in basketball, it's the same when you're up, you know, you try to grind out the clock and make plays. Whereas if you're down and, you know, you're having to throw the ball all three downs to try to make plays. And in basketball, it kind of gets kind of similar when you're down. You start chucking balls from all over and, you know, you're hoping these things to fall. If they do hit a couple in a row, you're back in it. And if they don't, then you know, you're on the bus and you're on the way back, right? So it's that same kind of thing. If you're up out. or down and yeah. with one second to go and you want to put an extra guy on to block a field goal or something. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, the worst part about that story was I was watching it at a, at a Grey Cup party here with a bunch of Canadians who were down here and they're watching it and the kick goes up and you can see the back judge throw the flag and it just caught the bend bottom half of the camera. And if you know anything about like truly about football, you know that the back judge is, the guy that's counting the players. <laughs> and I could just, my head down, everybody's jumping up and down. I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, too many men, too many men. Oh, it's just, that's a whole other thing. But, <laughs> goes it. But, uh, but no, the other thing too is, you know, what, what, what you, your, your involvement and your, your coverage of it, I know PSP's done a great job covering it. Um, I do know that, you know, obviously it's been on TV, but I feel like the B is starting to kind of get more of its due. You know, more of its like, exposure because there's a huge there's a huge market of people that understand it when you're locally like you said in terms of town but 
I mean, this stuff's got to get I, nationally and regionally about how I think it was a little different is. this year, mm -hmm. and I think we put pressure on people to cover the bee because, you know, we're at Garrison and we're mm -hmm. Kindred and, you know, in different yeah. places, Grafton and whatnot. And uh, Stanley, it was at Stanley Girls, you know, mm -hmm. and early in this. But, uh, you know... Uh, but it's got to be good, though. I mean, the, it's obviously well received. You know what the best part, the, the gyms. I thought was watching the class B. Was I'd get down near the student section, and I was watching the students, and you know, I, no matter how high I went up, they were engaged, like living and dying, like it was, you know, you or me watching our football team mm -hmm. in a playoff game, you know, four points in the fourth quarter, living and dying on it, and you know. You know, I'm watching Bowman, and they're getting pasted by Kindred, and they hit a three, and their whole section goes crazy. That it is pretty. It's pretty yeah. cool. No, but no, that's good. Um, we got an exciting spring coming up, and state indoor for sure. So is that an indoor sport or spring sport? I don't know yep. how that works, but it's this weekend, I think, in Fargo. So, uh, so that's interesting, and then. And then we got we've got track and we got softball, we got baseball, we've got girl soccer, uh, yep. rodeo uh, this spring. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, um, I'll be out and about at all of them, and I look forward to seeing you guys at the spring sports. And uh, we had a couple exciting gymnastics interviews and, here, yep, absolutely. With Amy Fridley from uh, gymna uh, yep. Dickinson Gymnastics and softball, and yep. m m many many times state champion and. Uh, and uh, Allison Krug from uh, Bismarck High. High Gymnastics and Track, and she's a pole vaulter. And that's got to be a scary event. you got to go backwards, Yikes. don't you? you got to go upside down in that I mean, one. You want to see Spanner try to give it a shot here? I'll tell you. Uh, there may or may not snap, be <laughs> some footage of me straight pulling something in oh, high school. But, uh, yeah. I tell you. All right. Let's, Great uh, interviews. Hey, this is Spanner here, and we are interviewing Amy Fridley from Dickinson softball slash gymnastics and she's like a multi 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 state champion probably one of the the best uh, our state's ever seen athletes so uh amy how you doing i'm doing good how are you very good we're excited so uh i had the opportunity to watch state gymnastics and i was just astounded at how amazing the athletes were and uh but i Something was sort of interesting to me. I was going through and I was watching, and the girls were landing, and they would kind of take a step and turn, and wave and turn and wave and whatnot, and they take the step and turn and wave. And I just thought that was something that kids in, you know, North Dakota did or whatnot. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, uh, one of the is it Karski? One of the Karski girls did the vault, and I was like, holy! And she she landed and went. Poof, poof. You know, uh, and then you were on the uh, uneven bars, and uh, and I and I was kind of sitting right there next to the uneven bars, so I was watching this. And then I mean, you did this, you know, unbelievable, uh, you know, uh, turn. I guess I, I don't know the the phrase for it, but come on, amateurs here. <laughs> when she when you landed, I was the best thing I'd ever, I'd seen the whole day. I I couldn't believe it. It was just boom, and then you're, you know, all the Dickinson girls like uh, you know blew up, but. My question is, is why, why is Dickinson, it's like in the DNA. And then all of a sudden I just started watching the Dickinson girls were just dominating almost. And Valley City and Jamestown are very, you know, very good too. But you guys were amazing. And then, I, but I've never seen anything like that, like in, in real life 
when you landed on the uh, the uneven bars. Uh, tell us about tickets and gymnastics, maybe about your you know your different events and whatnot. Um, so we have a very good program here. I started when I was three years old, so I've loved gymnastics for a very long time. And I think how you're talking about our landings, that's really something that we've been focusing on this year. So it's just hitting our routines and landing. And the program has just really grown and been super special this past year. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and when we talked before we got on here, you explained, uh, you know, you do participate in so many different events in gymnastics. You know, for us other athletes and coaches, you know, especially in some of the mainstream sports, you focus on one position. How are you able to prepare for four or five or whatever different types of events that you do? Because they are totally different from the uneven bars to like a, you know, vault, vault or whatever. They're <laughs> totally different. It's, uh, so how do you prepare? Do you spend like certain days on one area or a little bit of everything every day? How do you prepare for each individual event that you participate in? So for every event, every day, we have a different assignment that we have to complete. So like bars, we have four bar routines with like a bunch of other stuff, just focusing on the tiny details. And then vault, we have to make seven vaults, like the landing I'm that you were talking about. And just really getting those reps in on every single event and just spending lots of time in the gym. So she says Dickinson Gymnastics, very good. So just let me tell you something. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven, is that right? Consecutive state championships? Yep. Yeah, seven consecutive state. Now look, I've coached college cross country, college women's soccer, college men's soccer, college women's basketball, college softball, and college track. And, uh, but never been to a gymnastics uh, competition before. And just, you know, it stuck out to me, you know, that's, you know, just as a coach and watching athletes, the way you guys finished your routines, you know, versus, you know, the other participants and not all of them, I, you know, there, I mean, there were a couple girls who were really good, but I'm just talking about program wide. It was consistent. And I mean, obviously I think, uh, uh, the Karski girls and you, I mean, you guys kind of rise to the top is what it looked like to me just from a, you know, an outlier's perspective. But uh, most importantly, I got another one for you. You won the state championship in softball. What? And you didn't just win it. You guys won 10 to zero. <laughs> so, yeah. and you, you, you avenged the WDA title game, right? Did you guys lose them 5-0 in the WDA title? Yep, we lost the WDA. So how did that feel winning the state championship, number one? And two, was it sweeter being a kind of big brother Bismarck, you know, that city, the big city right next to you and avenging a loss? Yeah, so going into state, we just kind of had a confident attitude, knowing that we were going to go have good games. And then, um, you know, like losing WDA was honestly more of a motivation for us than a downfall. So that I think that was kind of a key point in why we won state. And then it was also our first state championship in the history of Dickinson for softball. So that was a super cool feeling. And I'm sure for Coach Mickey, that was super awesome to be able to achieve that. Absolutely. I got a kind of a fear factor question for you. I mean, the, the sport of gymnastics in particular is like snowboarding, you know, when they do the half pipes and those type of things. For me, uh, you know, I'm used to 
body checking and crunching and different things of that nature. But in gymnastics, is there ever a fear of, of falling and getting hurt? I'm sure there has to be something that if you miss your point or whatever, or is that something in your mind that you're able to just block out and stay focused? You know, because there's a lot of, you know, flipping and turning and in the air and landing. And I mean, there's a lot of things could go wrong, but is that just through preparation or how do you block all of that distraction out and, and, and do great performances? Um, honestly, that's a very hard thing and like something I still struggle with. So most of it's just working on confidence and building that up. Like this last season on floor, I had a very hard floor year and I struggled with the twisties. If you followed along with the Olympics this summer, something that Simone Miles had. So that was hard for me, but I ended up figuring it out and placing pretty high on floor of the state tournament. Right on. It's crazy. Um, so I had an interview earlier this morning with uh, Congressman Kelly Armstrong, and he was at your state championship game, and he said it wasn't like an, an, another 10-0 game where, you know, the opponent just unravels and there's error after error. He said you guys just flat out dominated from opening pitch to the end of the, end of the last inning. And it was just like perfect softball, you know. Uh, you know, winning a state championship's one thing, playing a perfect game, and you know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. when you get that big moment. That's a whole nother feeling. Uh, you know, uh, tell us about that. Tell us if uh, uh, Congressman Armstrong's uh, <laughs> telling us the the, the truth, because obviously I was coaching Division One last spring. Yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, that softball game was super special just cause the energy was so high and you could just feel the love with everyone. Everyone was super supportive. It was an awesome game to be a part of and, um, just really keeping the energy high kept us going and making sure that we're picking up our teammates if they like struck out. So I just think the teammate aspect of it is why we had such a good game. Absolutely. And kind of to kind of echo along that, I mean, you talked a little bit about it, you know, Dickinson first, you know, state title in softball and Dickinson's kind of, we consider like a smaller A school, but you know, in, in essence, but to win some championships, you know, when you think about some of the sizes of the different schools that are, you know, in the state, that's got to feel pretty good for yourself and, and the city of Dickinson to, to, to have some success, especially for what you guys have been able to do. Yeah. Yep. Let's end with one, uh, Semi-tough, easy, you know, but semi-easy question. Let, let's do this. Tell us what it means to compete for Dickinson, for your city. It's something that I'm trying to, you know, if you've seen the TikTok show, we have, uh, you know, I, I want some kids to talk about their their civic pride and uh, playing for their city. Tell us a little bit about competing for Dickinson. Well, it's a super awesome experience, um, especially competing in the Dickinson gymnastics program, being that we are a very good program and just like knowing I'm going out there and showing my pride for my city. So it's pretty cool. That's so awesome to have you. Um, you know, uh, you're probably one of the greatest gymnasts in North Dakota history. So, oh yeah. Real quick, college, which one are you going to do in college? 
I'm choosing gymnastics. So um, right now I'm actually in a different season. I'm in a USAG season, which is club gymnastics. And because colleges don't look at high school at all. So I'm doing that to get my name out there. Kind of like the hockey world. I'm a University of Utah alum. So, uh, oh boy, you know, I'm comes. just telling you, they're here like one of the best in the nation in gymnastics. Am I wrong or am I right? Oh, no, you're totally correct. They just won the Pac-12s. <laughs> See? So, <laughs> of course, he's going to have a Utah plug in here. Come I'll on, you, you. got to go to Utah. We want you at Utah, right? <laughs> Oh, man. I'd love to see you in, uh, in Utah red. So, but, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on. That was, uh, that was, that was super awesome. And, uh, you know, and for, for you viewers out there, go and watch a gymnastics competition because it is pretty eye-opening. I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Kate. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Spainer here, and we are interviewing Allison Krug from Bismarck High School. She is gymnastics and track. Allison, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? Awesome. We're awesome here. So uh, you're a state placer in gymnastics. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I went to the gymnastics state tournament. I, I saw uh, it was uh eye-opening uh you know watching how athletic uh all the girls were um we just got done interviewing amy fridley from dickinson uh you know the dickinson team is you know just there's a powerhouse but yeah i i have a question for you that i thought was interesting watching gymnastics and and maybe it's because of the you know the fear factor or mm -hmm. whatever but i noticed that everyone cheers like hard for their competitors and when someone does something awesome you know and you know uh you know maybe a, a performance that's definitely going to win the event everyone cheers <laughs> their opponents and them there's like no there's no upset it's just like it was a it's an it's an amazing moment for everyone in attendance including all the competitors tell us a little bit about that I think it's, we're all just like really excited to just be there and just like cheering each other on. I think just like kind of like calms your nerves and it helps you feel more like connected with everybody else. Cause it's more, it's a sport where you're competing against other people, but also yourself and you're trying to improve yourself. So when you see other people doing good, you want to cheer for them too. Right on. And now you, you, you do gymnastics and you do track. And in track, you did the pole vault and long jump when we were talking beforehand. Is that just an easy transition or easier transi transition for you, you know, talking about jumps and getting high and, and landing and all that sort of thing? But from gymnastics to track and field, especially in the events that you are, is, is it an easy transition to do both? Yeah, I think it is because... A lot of it is just jumping, and they have a, a lot of similarities between each other. Absolutely. Now, in, in terms of pole vault, I'm not going to lie. I've got a fear of height, you know, the, the height stuff. And I've seen pole vault, and I've seen people do it. And, you know, in, originally from Canada, we've had some success at the event. But do you have any fear with pole vault getting way up there? I mean, it seems like, I mean, you can get extremely high and come down at least on the map. But... Is that a tough part of the, the, the event for yourself or is that something that just doesn't phase you? 
Uh, I try not to think about it. I mean, it can be a little scary sometimes, but it's not too bad. There's a kind of a like a big jump in pole vault, right? When, you know, there's a, you know, when you first get going, you can kind of like uh, straight stick the, you know, just kind of peg it over the top of like opening height and you score a bunch of points or, you know, for your team. But all of a sudden, at some point, you got to learn to get that bend and then just kind of let go, right? Is it, I've watched the training a few times. Kind of explain that, you know, uh, going from the straight pole to to just the bend and the fling, and I don't you know. <laughs> what, Jesus, we're take learning. The wheel. Yeah, learning. It's, it's, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. like, explain that. Yeah. Um, so right away you start off running with it, and then you slowly like lower it to the ground, and you have to start out like with your hands like straight and your arms straight pushing on it so you get like a kind of like a like a curve so you can like swoop up I guess and then you just like keep you get that momentum from the pole and you just shoot up kind of interesting now with gymnastics I mean you you you're like we talked off here you're doing all most all the events um, is there one that you just enjoy doing the most that it just seems to be the one that maybe easier you feels like your best you just enjoy you know, participating in that, or do you like them equally? I mean, we're, we're you know, hockey, soccer guys in a very individual type sport. In gymnastics, you're you're doing a whole wide range of different spots. But, you know, do you have a favorite one, favorite event that you like to do specifically in gymnastics? Yeah, I've always liked BEAM to be my favorite event. It just, like, it's really fun for me. I don't know. A lot of people think it's, like, really scary to do. But, I mean, I just think it's really fun to be up there. I know I'd be scared. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. me too. That's interesting. Uh, Gotta have those extra pads on the side. Talk about positions. Uh, if someone asked me to play goalie. I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Play defender. I wouldn't want that. Play midfielder. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Outside forward. No, I don't want that. Uh, just center forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you bring up the beam, and I, I got a question for you. So, you know, we got a, a VCR when I was a kid, mm -hmm. like ten or twelve years old. But my little sister, you know, she was in that. That younger age, you know, where a kid watches the same movie over and over yeah, and over and over and over, and over. So I've seen the movie Nadia, seven million six hundred ninety-eight thousand three hundred twelve times, to be specific. <laughs> but I think it's on the beam, you know, uh, when she uh, she's got the bloody wrist or whatever, and then she does that unbelievable perfect ten. You know, it, it, uh, have you seen the movie? If you're a gymnast, have you seen the movie Nadia? I haven't actually. You haven't seen the movie. Oh, I haven't even heard of it. It's an amazing uh, movie. Nadia Comaneci. You know, uh, oh, I don't know. Man. We watched it seven million times when I was For a kid. Sure. So uh, you're part of the National Honor Society. You, uh, you, you know, you're probably super high GPA, and you do some community service, join some organizations. Why don't you tell everyone about that? Um, it's just basically kind of like a club they call it I guess and you just have to get 15 hours of community service per year in high school and you have to maintain a GPA of like 3.5 or higher to like stay in it and the organizations have to be like different like not each one is different but you have to have five from like a list that they give you like five hours from a list and then you have to have 10 of either like tier one community service or tier two and tier like tier one and tier two is basically just the difference is really just depending on like what they do and how you got involved with it 
Right on. Like sometimes it might be for like a sport or something that you have to volunteer. So that would be like lower tier. Absolutely. I got one last question Go for me. I was going to say you're a sophomore and you're very involved, obviously gymnastics and, and track. Do you do you have aspirations to to go somewhere else after this to 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 be either compete gymnastics in either or or track in, at the collegiate level? Is that something that might be in your cards? Yeah, I think it really like interests me right now that I really want to do that someday. Absolutely. Gymnastics or track? Yeah. Is there one more than the other? That is a good question. I actually, I don't know. It's hard to decide. You got plenty of time to decide. Absolutely. Are you competing in uh, Fargo this weekend? I'm not yet. Oh. I had a stress fracture on my ankle, oh and it's still recovering from gymnastics season. Oh, wow. Crazy. Well, that happens. I mean, injuries. I mean, every sport, you always got to watch out for it, which is really good. But any more other questions, Jason? Nope. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, this, you know, Spanner on the road doing all the TikToks and interviewing kids when they compete, but maybe I'll be seeing you this spring in, uh, in track. I do love track. It's, uh, it's an awesome sport. My son runs as well for Minot High, so uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah. we'll see you. Absolutely. Well, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate the time. We certainly learned a lot to uh, understand about uh, track and field and obviously gymnastics and hopefully for a speedy recovery and we look forward to watching you follow along uh, with your athletic journey. Now I got reason to be in Bismarck for a meet because I love the city of Bismarck. I really love that city. Awesome. Thanks, Allison. Thank you. You bet. Uh, so uh, Riggs, uh, the state girls all-state basketball team was just announced, and we've got two eighth-graders from For Minot, sure. Maggie Fricky and Lily Bell. Unbelievable. And, uh, Unbelievable. and obviously, uh, Logan Nisley, the recent commit to Nebraska, sure. is the you know, player of the year. It's uh, remarkable, to be honest with you. I mean, it's remarkable to see the, um, the youth of, of that. I mean, honestly, like I couldn't imagine even in my, you know, when I was in high school and I was a senior, there's just absolutely no way there would be some ninth grader freshman be able to compete and yet to see it do, be able to do it um, is absolutely remarkable. And I mean, the crazy thing is now is the success that's happened. There's just so many more eyes like this will hit eventually at the very least regional media. It'll hit nationally at some point. You know, when these girls, you know, become sophomores and then become, you know, juniors, and then the expectation is, you know, what's next, right? And so, I, I cannot wait till they play Century next year. Oh, oh my God. I guess it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Nisley's going to Nebraska. I I can't wait to see. And I like Nebraska. I'm, yep. You know, I like Big Red. But I'll tell you this. They've got another commitment from Utah, from the state of Utah. Six oh, foot here three. comes again. Not, she didn't go to Utah. Utah. No. Like and this girl is another guard, and she can play. She's playing Nebraska volleyball and Nebraska basketball. Yeah, and then they got Nisley as well. Surprised that the coaches allow that. You know, and then they got the uh, the Ryan girl there at uh, at uh, Nebraska. Also, they moved away, but she was at Ryan. Her older sister was at Ryan, right? And went to Minnesota, right, or Iowa, and then back to Minnesota. But uh, Stewart. Yeah, Stuart, yep, the Stuart. younger Stuart girls at Nebraska. Now, also. Speaking of the the whole thing we had talked about, the Class B, Class A, that Class B Bishop Ryan team was Stuart Bull and Maddie Wald. I mean, poof. I think they they played the Class A champions at that time. I thought it was Cheyenne, 
and it was like a barn burner type of game. And that was Class A champion, Class B. But that might be the only time oh, that that holds Lord. water. That's the only time no, I ever go close. No, it's not the only time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'll get tell out you of that. here. Get out of here. But, uh, but no, but, uh, it's, it's remarkable to see those two girls on there. And like I said earlier, it's going to be exciting to watch. Because uh, so, when the, the Bull, Stewart, uh, Maddie, they were powerhouse from when they were freshmen on. And it was exciting to see that huge, what did they win, something like 60 games in a row and set all these records. It's going to be exciting to watch out for sure. Mariley Simon also made first-team All-State basketball. Yep. And uh, she played soccer for me. Oh, boy. She's a West Fargo kid, yep. but she played on one of my Minot travel teams and went to some big events with us. And uh, her uh, brother, Lucas Simon, played for me as well. And they were phenomenal soccer players. It's athletes and in she's the also first-team all She's uh, she's good going to NDSU. So big congrats to those uh, uh, girls that were named to the All State team, and certainly, like we said, going to be exciting future to watch. Uh, you know, Class A girls basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Another great episode here on Spainer and Riggs. We got spring sports starting on Monday, but this weekend we've got indoor track, which is down in Fargo, which is going to be really exciting. It's a great episode, Spanner and Riggs, powered by the Dakota Networks. Make sure that you check our TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, and of course, our episodes. See you next time.